0: on this spring series of going forward together it actually feels like summer doesn't it today don't worry it's going to change tomorrow but uh, but a friend of mine from another country said to me once why do you british people talk about the weather so much because it changes so often i mean how could you get friday and saturday in the same country it was horrible wasn't it friday it was beautiful yesterday and uh, but Going forward together, so we're coming to the end of this six-week series, and I trust that you've sort of sensed what Christian and myself have tried to lay into church in this particular context. Our our foundational verse is found in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 27, which says, I will know you stand firm in one spirit, striving together as one man for the faith of the gospel. That That was the verse that we laid in in the first week, and really some of the inspiration for the titles of the series come from some writings by an American writer and communicator called Patrick Lencioni, where we sought to address something called the five dysfunctionalities of a team. It could be something that could be addressed into the marketplace and into corporate situations, but we've tried to particularly put it into the context of a group of people that come together that's called the local church. And so we've worked that through and we not only built a foundation, Philippians 1.27, but then we talked about the absence of trust. If that's the case, then progress will be painfully slow, so we need to trust. We talked about not fearing conflict, not that we're looking for it, but sometimes we have to press through some situations that may be a little difficult, a little awkward. Remember christ likeness and compromise were at the end of all of that, but to address what was taking place. We talked about lack of commitment, and last week we talked about Not avoiding accountability. And we reminded ourselves that accountability is spiritual. It's relational to each other. And actually it's eternal. It has eternal consequences. All of this because nobody was saying that there was no togetherness in the life of Arena Church. In fact, we're probably sort of around about here. But God's saying this is an important season for the church. And I want you to get to here. So that you can be all that I've determined you to be together digging deeper in terms of the spirit of God impacting our life through awkward messages in terms of the fact that sometimes they're never addressed to enable us to advance together the reality is that if we ignore these issues truths and values if we cause them to be left unattended as sadly many church communities have done it does lead us to dysfunctionality, and we don't want to do that. So the verse that I want us to think about this morning, and you may think that I've forgotten about it, but I'll go off on something and then I'll bring us back. Is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5. Because having looked at the trust area, having looked at not avoiding conflict, having looked at not uh, addressing lack of commitment and avoidance of accountability, this morning we want to talk about not being inattentive to results. Not being inattentive to results. 2 Corinthians 13 and verse 5 says this, Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. And I trust that you will discover that you have not failed the test. Eugene Peterson In the message, Bible says, test yourselves to make sure that you're solid in the faith. Don't drift along taking everything for granted. Give yourselves regular checkups. You need first-hand evidence, not mere hearsay, that Jesus Christ is in you. Test it out. If you fail the test, do something about it. I hope the tests won't show that you have failed. Examine yourself to see if you be in the face. Here's a definition for results. A result or an upshot is a consequence of a sequence of actions that may result in advantage or disadvantage, gain or injury, loss, value or victory. There may be a range of possible outcomes depending upon varying factors. But listen, no reaction... Or inattentiveness to the results means that actions become inefficient, ineffective, meaningless, and flawed. Here's the truth. All of us, to some degree, are impacted by results that are taking place around our life, and so is the church. And to ignore them, frankly, leaves us to be a place of meaninglessness and failure. Think for a moment where results impact upon Aspects of our lives, what about finance? Well, some of you may be interested in the footsie, and some of you think, What's that? But the reality is that every day from Monday to Friday, people are absorbed by the Financial Times Stock Exchange Index in London, and at the moment, it's doing pretty well, it's about 6,600. And it's seen a little bit of a recovery because this can have an impact upon people's future finances, investments, pension funds, and whatever. And of course, it's gone through a very, very difficult time because five years ago, in the summer of 2008, I say this respectfully to people that might represent this industry, the banking industry internationally had been inattentive inattentive to results for a long time. And the consequence was, friends, and it's hard to realize it's five years ago, there was what was known as the banking collapse. There were people queuing out in Northern Rock to take the savings out because I thought the bank wasn't going to be there anymore. There were people walking out with the boxes of belongings from Lehman Brothers in London. Finished job. When did it finish? It finished five minutes ago. You're gone. And so it went on and on and on. It had a dramatic effect upon lots of ordinary people because it was called a recession. Now, there are all sorts of reasons for why that took place. But the hindsight has shown us that many people were inattentive to things that were taking place and thought it was going to change anyway. And it didn't. What about the results of sales? We have people in our church that work in the sales environment, selling all sorts of things. I worked in a sales environment for a number of years whilst also running a church. And it can be pretty unforgiving being in a sales environment because this is how it works. If you're doing well, The sales manager says, just keep going. If you're doing bad, they say, so when are you going to turn it around? And if you turn it around having done bad, they then say to you, why did not you do that in the first place? So it's a no-win situation. But the reality is that a company cannot be inattentive to its sales because that produces business, it gives jobs for other people, and they need those to continue to go forward. What about results in exams? We've got people in Arena Church of probably a younger generation that are doing exams at the moment. And uh, it can be a tense time. And uh, I encourage you just to keep giving it to God. That doesn't mean that you can't do any revision or any homework or any preparation because God's not going to supernaturally give you the answers that you ought to have read about in the weeks up to the exam. But to believe that God will be with you. And the reality is that more and more in the lifetime of learning, there are lots of adults in their jobs that have to sit in exams the financial industry the financial services industry a number of years ago instituted exams it seemed as though you're on three strikes and you're out perpetually you're always having to pass exams to stay in your job and what about this for a killer has anybody failed an exam but when the result came through it says you were with, within five percent that's a nasty one you were within five percent but you failed anyway it's also my life's Oh, put in the knife in. What about results of reports? My head teacher, see in my day at school, the head teacher put on your report what he really thought. Because he didn't fear that the parents were going to go up and say, you can't say this about my little Philip. Because my mum and dad said, if the head teacher said it, it must be true. He went through me like a dose of salts in his written report once. Because he said Philip must give more attention to the subjects he doesn't like. I'm sorry friends, I still don't get technical drawing. And some of you won't even know what I'm talking about. Technical, TD. ugh. Or it might have been the time I got seven out of a hundred for physics, you know. Uh. about the doctor's report you've been to the doctors and he'd be a little bit crass just to say he doesn't know what he's talking about and ignore it see so results impact us on all sorts of levels what about forecasts about this terrible storm going through oklahoma state this week that impacted more just on the edge of oklahoma and whilst we're so sorry to hear that around about 24 people die very very sorry the reality is friends that the impact could have been thousands winds of 200 miles per hour I was listening to Five Live this week, and it was fascinating. Listen to this ch- chap that's got a team that's permanently on watch. They checked the results. And the reality was they got a good forecast. They were able to warn lots of people. And even though we're sad that life was lost, it could have been so much worse. These guys were not inattentive to result, and they literally got people to batten down the hatches and some safety. Then what about sports? Now, I know I ought to grow up and I ought to get over it, but ever since I've been a kid, around about quarter to five on a Saturday night from August to April, the results, the results. And here's the truth. I'm so old that I lived before the internet. And some of you say, was there a world before the internet? There really was. And before mobile phones. So I've sidled up to the guy on the beach with a tranny. All right, mate. Yeah, all right. What is a tranny exactly? We're, we're not going there. It's a radio. All right, mate. Yeah. How hey, you doing? All right. Trying to earwig the results on his radio. I've walked into courage, not because I want to buy a telly, but because I want to watch a telly. (laughs) Nowadays, I've got people saying, you can get this app on your phone, it comes through. (laughs) But the results, the reality is the results don't really matter. Well, they do sometimes, you know. But the fact of the matter is, the results really don't matter in the great scheme of things. 1989, April, 1989, 15th of April. We lived in Oxford. It was not long before we moved back to Nottingham shire and remember racing across the oxford parks a beautiful parkland our allison who's now a primary school teacher was in the boogie she was a little baby we're racing across we left sharon and miriam in, a, in the wake because it was about 20 past three on that saturday afternoon before us were playing liverpool in the fa cup final i want to know what the score was by the time they got there she says what's wrong and of course we know what's wrong 96 people died that day and the result really didn't but the truth is that in all of those things, friends, we're all impacted by results, some more important than others, some literally at times life and death. And yet sometimes we come to the life of church and body and think we can ignore it and clearly we can't because results bring definition to us, they help us in terms of determining things that we ought to do and they bring direction to our lives in the way that we're going forward. Now you might be saying, well this is okay Phil, but I thought we were in grace, we absolutely are. And this is where we have to measure some of the things that come to us in terms of the grace community. You see, we're in one, res- in one respect, one are not an ad- a results-driven organization. Because the fact of the matter is that whatever God's given to us, we didn't deserve it anyway. It's called the grace of God. But the truth is, in response to what he's given us that we didn't deserve, he wants us to be those people that will continually allow him to shape our lives, cause us to grow, and be the sort of people that he's determined us to be. And if that's the case, then we need to take notice of the things that are happening in our lives. You see, here's a verse in Titus that I seem to have quoted several times in recent weeks with regard to grace. He says, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all. It's grace teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and live self-controlled upright godly lives in this present age that's a result of the grace of God at work in us he changes us he gets us to stop doing the things that are hurting us and begins to get us to implement the things that bring glory to him and bless our lives for his praise and honor multitudes of church context friends have completely ignored results and the result of that is stagnation, dysfunction, distraction, and loss. And Arena Church doesn't want to do that. Arena Church wants to continually look at what God is doing in our lives. And if necessary, bring address. So I bring you back to the text. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Now, this verse is found in 2 Corinthians, right at the end. And there are two books called Corinthians. In fact, some Bible commentators think there might have been four letters. But two found themselves into the canon of Scripture, the Bible. First Corinthians is very much Paul talking to the church. And although it was a church that was very charismatic, was having a great impact in the city, there were also lots of interpersonal relationships that needed addressing and even attitudes. And you can read about that in Corinthians. Even their expression of how they conducted worship Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, Paul gives some direction. And then we get to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians is a less well-read book, but I'd encourage you sometime to read it. Because whereas the first one is talking more of Paul to the church, 2 Corinthians is more Paul talking about his own ministry. He's very vulnerable. He's very transparent. He processes and charts some of the things that he's had to go through. 2 Corinthians 4 and 2 Corinthians 11, incredible. The price that he paid for the cause of the gospel. And yet, having laid down his life for the Corinthian church, having sown into it as a father in the faith, having seen people come to Jesus, it appears in 2 Corinthians that numbers of the people weren't very enamored with him. So, for instance, in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 10, he says, "...in person he's unimpressive." And his speaking amounts to nothing. In chapter 11 and verse 6, it says he was described as being untrained as a speaker. Or as the message puts it, not, he has not mastered smooth eloquence. And then we get to 2 Corinthians 12. And again in the message, Paul says these words to believers in the church. He says, I'd be most happy to empty my pockets, even mortgage my life for your good. So how does it happen that the more I love you, the less I'm loved? That's an "Oh, I'm sorry. And why is it that I keep coming across these whiffs of gossip about my self-support, that my self-support was a front behind which I worked an elaborate scam? Where's the evidence? Did I cheat or trick you through anyone I sent? I asked Titus to visit and sent some brothers along. Did they swindle you out of anything? And haven't we always been above board, just as honest? Three attacks upon the Apostle Paul. Let me put it in modern language. They were saying to him, number one, he can't preach for toffee. Number two, he's not very good with words. and Number three, he's got his hands in the till. That's what they were saying about Paul. This man that had poured out his life for these people and still some of them found it difficult to respond to him. To that backdrop, in that context, Paul turns the challenge back on them and says, you need to be attentive to the results of your own life. Take care of yourselves. Verse five, examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith. Now, I'm not for a moment this morning saying that there are people here saying, that bloke at the front can't preach for Toffee. He's useless with words and he's got his hands in the till. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying, friends, is the challenge is this that every one of us must continually bring our own lives to the Lord and let God deal with them. Remember that verse in Corinthians 11, where it talks about us taking the breaking of bread. It says at one point, let everyone examine themselves. What's the results in your life? It seems as though some of them were very quick to address the results in Paul's life, but he turns it back to them. Many years ago, there was a move of God in our nation over 300 years ago. It was led by a wonderful leader called John Wesley who founded the Methodist movement. Methodists because they were often methodical towards their spirituality. It was a great move of God. Many people feel, friends, that if that revival hadn't come to our nation, then we would have been embroiled in a revolution similar to just across the channel in France. And what took place was that uh, Wesley used to bring some people together in what was called the Oxford Club. Many of them were studying there. It was also called the Holy Club. And they would take attention to the results in their life. So Sunday, they would address the love of God and the simplicity of faith. Monday, they would challenge their attitude to their fellow man. And so it went on. There were 22 things that they addressed every week in terms of their spiritual walk for the Lord. Here's a few more. These are the questions they'd ask themselves as a group of believers. Am I honest in my acts and words? And do I exaggerate? Can I be trusted? Did the Bible live in me today? Am I enjoying prayer? Am I defeated in any part of my life? Is Christ real to me? Friends, when we begin to bring that sort of attention to the results of our spiritual journey, little wonder God used these people to bring a move of God that touched our nation from the north to the south and the east to the west. I never get to be amazed, friends, that whatever small part, small community I may go to in the country, sometimes off the beaten track, there's often a Methodist chapel there. The reason being, friends, it was needed to be there for people that loved God and came to Him. We don't want to replicate that, but we want to realize that when churches are attentive to what God is doing in their lives, when they ask the deep questions and allow the Holy Spirit to probe, then actually God can take hold of people like that and use them not only 300 years ago, but in the 21st century for his praise and glory. At the end of Psalm 139, in the Bible, it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. And that verse has given vent to numbers of songs over the years. Here's how the message puts it. Investigate my life, oh God. Find out everything about me. Cross-examine and test me. Get a clear picture of what I'm about. See for yourself whether I've done anything wrong. Then guide me on the road to eternal life. That is a verse that's making attention to what God is doing in our lives and so in grace this morning responding as people that are desiring to be more given over to Jesus I want to close by bullet pointing and I mean bullet pointing seven challenges whose results we need to be careful not to be inattentive to and it will help us to examine again afresh to see whether we're in the faith one am I growing 2 Peter 3.18 says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You're not just called to get saved. You're called to get saved that you might grow in the faith. I tell you, friends, I just love it when I see around Arena Church people that are growing in the faith. Number two, am I changing? 2 Corinthians 3.18. he says, being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory. And that word transformed there in the original language of the New Testament is where we get our word metamorphosis from. And God wants us to see that once we might have been the bug, but actually we can be the butterfly. Ever increasing change taking place in our lives. How am I changing? The great blind pianist and singer some years ago, Marilyn Baker, says, Jesus, you are changing me. So we've been changed, but we need also to be changing Are my attitudes better than what they were 12 months ago? Are there things in my life that reflect the fact that my spiritual journey with Jesus is getting better and not worse? Am I changing? Three, am I obeying? Because James chapter one, verses 21 to 25 says that we're to humbly accept the word that's planted within us. And then it gives us a result. It says if we'll do what it says, for instance, be baptized, then we will be blessed in what we do. God calls us to read his word and to implement it. That's being a disciple of Jesus. Number four, am I advancing? Joshua chapter one and verse six, be strong and courageous. It may be that this week you've got a situation, an experience, a challenge in front of you, and it seems though there's no way forward. It may be that work's not very good at the moment. It may be there's some challenge in the neighborhood. It may be that you're dealing with something and you're in your inner world that seems to pull you back. God says... Be an advancing person. Be strong and courageous. He's with you, and he'll take you forward and through in Jesus' name. Five, am I following? Jesus says in John 1.43, follow me. He didn't say admire me. He didn't say debate about me. He said follow me. And if you'll follow Jesus, friends, it will be the greatest journey of your life. Number six, am I serving? Mark 10.43, whoever wants to be great must be a servant. And that's in every area of life, friends. Leadership is not something that gives us position and echelon. It's something where we serve. It's a gift where we serve the people of God. Number seven, am I joining? 1 Corinthians 12, 14. The is not made up of one part, but of many. And I get lots of people saying, yeah, well, I can be a Christian and not have to be part of church. Again, that's not in the Bible, I'm afraid. God wants us to be joined. He wants us to belong. If you are not joined to a body of Christ, you are being inattentive to the results that will determine what works out from that. He wants us, friends, to be shaped by each other. As iron sharpens iron, so one sharpens another. Being joined to the body of Christ. A specific connection to the body of Christ found through the expression of a local church. That is God's heart for us. So, these past few weeks, we've tried to address some of those Challenges. I want to tell you, friends, that it's been a challenging series to put together. And this is why most churches don't talk about the absence of trust. It's why they don't talk about the fear of conflict. It's why they don't spur people onto commitment. It's why they don't speak about not avoiding accountability. And this morning, about the whole value of looking at the results that are taking place in our life. And so, as we close, I want us to be encouraged so that trust may be high. So that the fear of conflict may be low, so that commitment may be deep, so that accountability may be acute, and so that the attention to results may be sharp. Examine yourself to see whether you're in the faith. Test yourself. Do do you not realize that Jesus Christ is in you? And as we do that, not only individually, but also together, then we will find ourselves going deeper in the things of God we will find ourselves moving forward in him. And we'll recognize increasingly in the purposes and in the heart of the Lord. Almost without us seeing it, but looking back in hindsight and recognizing it, that as we've been attentive to these value principles that work out in communities of people, we really do go forward together. Let's pray.